Good morning, church. I am excited uh, to be here for uh, week two of our Advent series, and um, I want to replay or reread, if I can, the um, the text from today. It's Luke chapter two and verse eight. Such a rich, a rich verse, a verse that uh, is familiar uh, to to you all, most likely if you're a believer, you've been in the church at all. It's a familiar verse, and I think the the challenge with familiar verses is that you become too familiar with them. And the reality is every time you read the Word of God, there is a richness to be found. There is a lesson to be learned. There's no point at which you can read the Scripture and go, okay, I get this. No, every time, because the Bible says it's living, it's active, it's alive. And so let's read uh, this together in Luke chapter 2. I'll read it. You can read along with me. But let's pray by God's grace we can read this with fresh eyes today. And it says this, and in the same region... There were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, uh, uh, city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And this is the, going to be the focus of our conversation today. And on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. This is the word of the Lord to us today. Good News Church. And as we begin, before I even unpack this, I want us to see something. If, if, if you grew up in a King James tradition, you're probably more familiar with peace on earth, earth, goodwill towards men, right? That's the one that we know the best. Now, without getting uh, too technical, because I'm certainly not a Greek scholar, uh, the most I know about Greek is my wife, and it doesn't, be, doesn't go beyond that. But but the, the, where you see in the King James Version, they read it as an accusative instead of a genitive. And, and this is, if you're an English teacher, you'll, you'll track with this. But it says goodwill towards men, but it really should say men of goodwill. That's why you see so many translations change it to say goodwill towards men turns into to those whom his favor rests. Because this is important. The peace of God that comes to us is not universal. We're going to talk about this. It only, not everyone will be able to participate in the peace that is offered to us at Christmas. The gospel is at one part inclusive and it's another part exclusive. It is inclusive in so much as the Bible says, whoever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But... You have to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. That's where it becomes exclusive. Now, I want us to see also in this verse as we just dive in that this declaration by the angel, um, R.C. Sproul says it's the first record of the New Testament of the preaching of the gospel. It came and declared peace on earth and goodwill to those whom have God's favor. It's also a fulfillment of a prophecy from Isaiah 700 years before this moment, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and he shall be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and, 
and there it is, Prince of Peace. And there he is. The angels declare it. Here he is. Here he is. The answer to our prayers, the fulfillment of a prophecy. His name is Jesus. I want to say, I'm going to ask kind of three questions, pose three questions and answer them. But uh, what do we want? What we want this kind of peace to be? When we hear this peace on earth, the word peace invokes so many mental thoughts. And what we kind of want it to mean is a circumstantial peace, right? So that means that, like, you know, we, we, this is what we would want it to be, is that the car doesn't break down, we don't have health issues, all the bills are paid, you know, everything is just good. We have, we have peace. And, and I, I do think that the, the coming of Christ into your life can transform so many areas of your life. It can transform relationships. It can transform the way you handle money, which could lead to greater peace. It can, it can lead to a lot of those types of peace, but it's not that. It's, it's, it's so much more rich than that. The, the second thing when we hear this peace on earth is probably a, either a, a national or an international type of peace, you know, peace among nations. And, and the truth is the best that the world can offer is, is really a temporary ceasefire. And we're seeing horrific events that are happening in the Middle East and Israel and, and uh, all the atrocities that have happened there and the war that's being waged there. And I know if you follow the news, you'll see that they declared certain moments of ceasefires for, for, for exchanges of prisoners and things like that. So they had six days of peace, quote-unquote. But as soon as those six days were over, man, they were right back at it. See, the best the world can offer us, our leaders, our rulers, is a temporary ceasefire. I'm going to get into that in a minute. How about this family or relational peace? How many would like that going into the holidays? Some family and relational peace. One of my favorite movies, I have to confess, Christmas movies. I'm super spiritual, so don't get mad at me. It's Christmas Vacation. Clark Griswold, I, the, more, the older I get, the more he just makes sense to me. <laughs> and you think when you're young, he is nuts. And the older you get, you go, he's not nuts. No, I, I, totally, relate, I totally relate to him. And, and the whole movie is, is, is an escalation of insanity, the whole movie, right? First, the lights don't work. <sighs> you know? And then, then, the, then the RV pulls up, you know, and, and it just gets worse, and the dog rips the table apart, and it's just like, it's, it's, it's funny because it's kind of like the holidays, right? That's why it's a classic, because it's like, you picture it, and, and you know, it's like, especially moms, shout out to all the moms, moms make everything better, right? And, and so, like, you work so hard for a month for like four minutes of pure insanity under the tree, just tearing things apart and like thousands of dollars. And it's like, and it's like, you have, it's good, it's fun. We love it, right? Those five minutes of, you know, there's, there's eggnog and carol. It's just like this perfect little four minutes. It was crazy for all of December, but we want that because we, we long for that moment where the Thanksgiving dinner is served, and everything's fresh, and, and then it's like, and now it's over. Let's clean up. Come on, you, get over here. And, and so we pray for the relational stuff, but I want to tell you this. This isn't what Jesus promised with the peace that he brought. Now, <laughs> this is a verse about peace that is never read at Advent. Maybe it should be, but I'll read it now. Luke chapter 12, verse 49. 
I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint am I under until it is completed? Do you think I came to bring peace on the earth? No. I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be fire. There, there, um, there will be uh, f five and one family divided against each other, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Merry Christmas. You see, I'm confused. I thought he came to bring peace. You see, Jesus, you know, white robe, blue sash, blonde hair, blue eyes, Middle Eastern Jesus, that's a joke. We have these pictures that he just came and there was just peace. He would preach and there'd be peace. But the truth is when Jesus preached, they would pick up stones to kill him. Because what he brought to everyone was a fork in the road. Either you're going to go your way or God's way. And a lot of people don't want to make that decision. They want both at the same time. But the peace that Jesus brings is predicated upon this, that we submit to his way and his process. See, it is not a temporary small piece because here's the beauty of the piece of Christmas. It comes in the middle of the mess. It doesn't come and always clean up the mess. It comes in the middle of the mess where we could lay our heads to sleep at night with the peace of God that passes understanding that's bigger than a nation, that's bigger than a family, that's bigger than our checkbook. And we can say with certainty, it is well with my soul. Because Jesus is in the center. Jesus has come, and he has displaced me as the king and the ruler, and he has taken the place as king and ruler, and now I have peace. You know why? Because when I have to run my kingdom, I should be scared, because I am small, and I am weak, but when Jesus is in charge of my kingdom, I can go to sleep at night going, it is well, because God is in control of his possessions. I belong to Jesus. He belongs to me, and so I can have peace. And this is what this peace is. See, I'm going to read a quote by R.C. Sproul. This announcement of peace on earth is not the Pax Romana. If you don't know what the Pax Romana was in Roman history, between 27 B.C. and 180 D., there was a declaration of peace that lasted almost 200 years in the Roman Empire, right? unprecedented peace, unprecedented prosperity. So it is interesting to me that the angel comes in an environment of peace, real peace that they were experiencing and said, I bring peace. Wait, we already have peace. No, no, no. There's more than that. There's more than what you're seeing. It was more than, it was not the Pax Romana brought about by imperial decree, nor it was the cessation of warfare between rival groups. This peace is the transcendent peace which brings an end to the conflict between, here it is, men, and God. For those who hear the message of the coming of the Messiah, the war is over. Peace has become incarnate in the Prince of Peace who came to reconcile us to God. It's so amazing that they, they had been enjoying a certain type of peace, national peace, international peace, but he said, the peace that I'm going to bring to you is a peace that no man 
can give you. It has to come from God. Because the biggest issue of my life is not that I am at war with my wife or my mother-in-law or my father-in-law or my neighbor. My biggest issue is not that my, my, not my bills or my car that breaks down or my boss or, or, or any of these things. My biggest problem is not America versus another nation. My biggest war, the biggest problem I have is my soul from its creation at birth, is at war with God. We're at war with God. Let me read some verses to help to paint this picture. James 4.4, 4, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Strong language. Romans 8.7 says the mind governed by the flesh, that's how we're born, we're born into sin, is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And then finally, Ephesians 2.3 says, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You see, you see the juxtaposition, and it's not small. We were dead, not sick, dead in our transgression. We didn't, like, kind of push back against some things in the Bible. That was we were enemies of God. We, we hated God. And you might be like, hey man, I'm new to church, but I don't, I don't hate God. I'm just, I'm kind of like, maybe I'm a little, have questions, or maybe you say you're agnostic, you know, you're not sure. The Bible doesn't make room in the middle. It just doesn't. It says you're either on God's side or you are against God. Now you say like, you're not in here you know, as a Satanist, yeah, I, I, I assume they're against God, but I'm not that guy. I'm just, I, I just don't go to church. Or, the Bible says that we're born into sin, and we're deserving of wrath. We're hostile to God. We're at enmity with God. That's a problem. That's a problem that Christmas solves, because only in the coming of Jesus could that hostility, that war, be brought to an end. People say this, we're all children of God. We're all children of God. The truth is, we're not. We're not. I believe in Imago Dei, which means we're made in Christ's image. We bear Christ's image. If you're alive, you are made in the image of God, but we are not all God's children. See, to receive the peace that Jesus offers at Christmas time, we have to come to terms with this theological reality that we are indeed at war with God. And John 1, 12 says this, yet to, though, yet to all who did receive him, see that up there? All, all, is it up there? Receive him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, see, there's a lot going on there. It doesn't just say you are. It says, no, there's a couple things you have to do. You have to, you have to receive him and you have to believe, not just in his name. See, when you see believe in his name, I mean, 
Satan knows the name of Jesus. He's not like in denial. But what he's saying is you're embracing the message of the cross. You're embracing who Jesus is. Then and only then do you become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. John Calvin said this, we must now see what the angels mean by the word peace. They certainly do not speak of an outward peace cultivated by men with each other, but they say that the earth, uh, that the earth, the earth is at peace when men have been reconciled to God and enjoy an inward tranquility in their own minds. You see, so much talk, I think maybe I, the email we sent out, I was reflecting on, on this, but people want world peace. Talk about world peace, you know. Imagine all the people. Listen, world peace is impossible in this present age, and I'll tell you why. Because until every single soul in this earth is made right with God, there's a war that's brewing in here. There's a war that's brewing in the hearts of men. And when there's a war brewing in the heart of a man or a woman, it always spills out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, for me, am I perfect? Absolutely not. But see, when, when someone's a sinner, see, I have limited capacity to cause trouble. Thank goodness. I don't own tanks. I don't own, own nuclear weapons. I don't control armies. But the, when there's rulers of nations whose hearts are at enmity with God, out of that abundance of their heart, wars are created. And so when we're praying for world peace, what we need to be praying is that God would bring peace to my heart and my neighbor's heart. See, I, I, I definitely think we should pray for our world leaders. The Bible makes it very clear, Romans 13, we need to pray for those who are ruling over us, for kings. So we do that. But we also need to pray for our neighbors. God, bring peace to their hearts at this Christmas season. That's why I strongly invite you. Invite your friends to church during Christmas. If there's ever a time someone's going to come to church, it's now. Invite them out. Christmas Eve, let's fill up the house. Let's, let's, let's have the house filled. Why? Just because it's nice? No, because there is a message of peace that needs to penetrate our neighbors' hearts. And we need, to say, we need to take it personally and say, Lord, let me be a conduit of peace. See, the transcendent peace that reconciles sinful man to a holy God. That is the peace that was declared by the angels. Not, not Christmas dinner peace, not husband and wife peace, a deep abiding peace that only, only God can give. I end with this here. This is the most important thing. How do we participate in this peace? I really should start by saying who, who can participate in this piece. And um, there's this great quote by R.C. Sproul, who's one of my favorite authors I haven't figured out yet. The shepherds of Palestine were considered to be the lowest class of people. The nature of their calling, listen to this, this is history, prohibited them from fre frequent participation in the religious rituals of their day. And they were discriminating against practices against them uh, with, with, with respect to law courts for a shepherd was not permitted to even give testimony. They were considered to be so unscrupulous and untrustworthy that their testimony was of little or no value. 
But, uh, but although their contemporary society hated them, it seemed that they held special place in the heart of God. You know, one of the proofs of scripture really are stories like this, because you would think if you're, that light coming on and off, or is that my, God, I just didn't know if I was having a stroke. I didn't know what was, like, I was seeing movements over here. It's kind of freaking me out. Uh, Christmas trees, like, give me an amen back there. Like, okay, when, when I preach bad, it goes off, and then it comes back on. I'm not sure what happens there. See, Jesus comes, number one, to a woman, and in that day and age, women were not, it wasn't 2024 where women were respected. They were not respected. He comes to women. He comes to shepherds. It's, it's like Jesus showing up and declaring, I'm here to, like, some crackhead in Leesburg. Like the person that the society would look down on, he comes and says this, I come for kings and I come for crackheads. And everyone in between, I want to reach with this message. I love this because what he's saying is, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, you're not beyond the reach of the cross. I know people say, man, if I came into church, the roof would collapse on top of me. It's not true. It's not true. And if you're here today, and you have hidden shame, God sees it. He knows all about you. He knows more about you, and he knows more about me than anyone knows, and he loves you. You know what he's saying? Come to me, come to me. All who are weary, and heavy laden, whose hearts are filled with war, and I'll give you peace. Ephesians 2.12 says this. Remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away and have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier of the dividing wall of hostility Isaiah says this in verse 26 you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you and one more verse and then I'm going to pray with us together Romans 15 13 I love this verse May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Spirit. How do, how do we have this trust? How do we have this peace? Peace as you trust in him. You don't take it and run away. You, you sit in Jesus. You remain in Jesus day by day and say, Lord, bring peace to my troubled heart. See, it, I put it this way. It's almost like we're like a leaky bucket, man. It's like God fills us up and then it's like by the end of the week, it's like, I need more peace. I need more help. I need more grace. We do. We do. That's why when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he didn't say, give us this month, our monthly bread. Give us this year, our yearly bread. He says, give us this day, our daily bread. Because I eat good at Thanksgiving, I don't know about you, and you think, man, I am so stuffed. I'm never gonna be hungry again. Well, I bet you what? By the next day, you were going in the, into the fridge and getting leftover, because you know what? You needed more. 
day by day by day. And we need God's grace day by day by day. We need his peace day by day by day. Would you stand to your feet? I want to pray with us this morning. In spite of all our technical difficulties, God is good. And and the word was preached. Thank you, Jesus. Would you bow your heads? Lord, we love you so much. Lord, as much as those shepherds in that field needed to hear that message, we need to hear it today. Glory to God in the highest and peace upon those whom his favor rests. Lord, we want your rest. We want your peace to be our portion today. So for Lord, those who are strong in the faith, we pray continue to strengthen them. For those who are struggling, maybe those who are far, far away, what would you make today the day where they bend their knee and say, Jesus, I choose to trust in you. I choose to put my hope in you. Jesus, we thank you that you came and lived the life we couldn't live and don't live. And you died the death we deserve to die because of our sin. You were buried. You rose again. And Lord, you come to offer us the great exchange where you take our wickedness and our sinfulness and you give us your righteousness. And so Lord, today I know there's some people in this room that need to make that exchange. And so Lord, take my sin, take my struggle, take my selfishness and my lust and my pride and my anger and all the besetting sins of my heart and give me your righteousness. And with it, Lord, bring peace. Bring peace. God, I pray this Christmas season you would use each and every one of us as we leave these doors, go to our communities and we go to our workplaces and our schools. God, use us as ambassadors of your peace, God. Lord, that everywhere we go, whether it's the coffee shop or the water cooler, we would be declaring the goodness of Jesus Christ, the coming of Jesus Christ. Lord, you came 2,000 years ago, but my prayer is that in this Christmas season, you would come into some new homes at Leesburg. You'd come into some new homes in Lake County. And Lord, people would get to experience the transformational power of Jesus Christ. I pray your blessing to be on us and to flow through us. Use us this week for your glory to see your kingdom be built in this area. Lord, give us traveling mercies as we go home now until we gather again. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everybody said, amen. Bless you, church. I'm going to be here for a minute praying, and my wife's going to be back there hand out Christmas cards. So stop by and get a Christmas card, one per family, unless you really like us, and we'll give you two. If you want two, we'll give you two. But God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday.